was a walkout song, got me pumped up because I did uh, You're the Best Around, like I liked the Karate Kid movie. Um, and I was like unsure of what walkout song I wanted originally. And I was like, oh, I'll come back, you know, to give you my walkout song to like tell them. And then I'm walking away and my boyfriend and my brother were like, what song are you going to pick? I was like, I don't know. I was thinking like You're the Best Around. My brother was like, dude, I was literally just thinking that song. I'm like, oh, I got to go with it then. <laughs> so, um, so I went back and told the table. So, you know, again, just, you know, feeling the energy of the crowd is always great too because, you know, when, when the energy of the crowd is awesome, it makes you want to compete better. What is up, friends? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcaster, Rafa Sparza, coming to you with another great installment of The Grappling Hour. I hope that you're doing well. I trust that you're doing well. I think you're going to like this interview because we have one of our trials winners from this past ADCC East Coast Trials 2023, and she's a returning face. So, you know, no surprise here. But we're still very happy for her, and we get to celebrate in what happened because uh, she had a very, very strong performance, and I'm so stoked to talk with her about it. But before we get to her, a couple quick reminders. One, if you like the show and you want to support the show, the easiest thing you can do is you can go on over to high.page backslash grappling hour, and you can become a member. For just five bucks a month, you can see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And if you want to pay a couple extra bucks, just saying support the show, support me, nothing big. What you can see is you can see some extra bonus content that's not available anywhere else. So that includes bonus episodes or let's say mini-sodes that we do with our friends where we'll ask them about steroids, athletes who they've competed against, who they have the most respect for. We also do tape study segments with the athletes for their prominent fights and matches. And that includes people from the UFC, Bellator, LFA, and major grappling organizations. So it's really cool to get that insight as well. And we have a new segment where people are roasting my competition footage because it's pretty funny and there's nothing like hearing somebody who's really good at passing saying, what are you doing here? And I go, you know, honestly, I'm not sure there. So I think if you enjoy those segments, go on over to high.page backslash grappling hour, become a member. You can also like, comment and subscribe. And if you don't know what you want to comment on this video in the YouTube comments, I'll give you a topic at the very end of the show. But for right now, one last plug, go to our discord to join the conversations that we have here, they extend onto that Discord. We talk with our friends, and you guys are the first to see what's coming up next. So that's all the plugs I got for you guys. All right, let's get to our guest. Well, how do I put it? I guess I should say this. She wins a lot, and it's not by accident. So when I say she wins a lot, it's not just grappling. It's MMA. She is getting out there. She is making a name for herself. She's killing it at the PFL, she's going to all these different organizations. And then, you know, when she's got time, she's coming back to us in grappling and saying like, you know what, I'll take a super fight. You know what? Yeah, I'll beat up Gabby Garcia. Yeah, you know what I'll do? I'll go ahead and beast another trials. It is remarkable to see her continue to succeed on such a great level. And every time I see her succeed, there's a big smile on my face because she is a wonderful competitor and a pretty awesome human being. So I'm so happy to have our good friend, Amanda Levy, returning back to the show. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm stoked to be here again. You know, it's always great when our friends win. So there is always a moment. But for you, what did it feel like to win again? Because when you've already done it once, I wonder what does it feel like this next time? What does it feel like to to do it all over again because you got to start all the way from the bottom, go right back to the top, and there's a consistency in what you're doing. I felt just as great as the first time. Um, I felt a little different this time just because I'm coming from MMA. Um, so I don't know. I was just the last couple of weeks of training before leading up to the trials. I was on like a tear at the gym. So I'm just like, all right, I got to carry this momentum somewhere. So I'm really happy that I, um, you know, just signed up for it and, uh, you know, killed it. 
when did you sign up? Because when you start talking about like when you're going to do it, when you're not going to do it, I'm sure it's potential that you may have fight schedules or something that may come up. So when did you actually schedule to do it? And was there a consideration like, hey, I may have to rebook this or not do it because of the fight schedule? Um, I probably was like two and a half weeks out when I was like, all right, I'm definitely doing this. Um, and then it was just a matter of like, I think I signed up maybe like a week after that. And it was like a week before the um, the brackets closed or something. Like I was pretty close to like when the brackets were closed. But I was like pretty dead set on competing two and a half weeks out. Okay, because I asked that because I wonder if your opponents, I mean, people study brackets. I wonder if they were just kind of like, Oh, is she not? This would be great if she's not here because that's good for me. So you coming in two and a half weeks definitely changes things uh, for, I know, a lot of other people. So I think that's very interesting that you get the ability to kind of uh, lay back and, and see the land. But you also mentioned this, which was you were feeling it during your competition prep. Do you get in that phase where like other competitors, you're like, hey, somebody let me compete now because I feel like you're on a hot streak at a table in Vegas. Is that kind of what you were you were mentally thinking? Or was it like you were peaking right at the right time sort of a thing? Like, oh, no, 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 I know it's going to happen. It's going to be in a week when I'm like at my best. Yeah, so it was just like a matter of like, I just knew I was on that hot streak. Um, and it's funny because that's what I did the West Coast trials with. Like I wasn't even planning on doing the West Coast trials and I was on a hot streak then and I'm just like, Again, gotta carry this momentum somewhere. So um, I would like have people like just go out and do the West Coast. And I was like, I'll literally pay for your flight to go out and do the West Coast. Like, just go and do it. And I was like, all right. So then again, just felt great. Um, and I think there's definitely something to it of like knowing your body, right, and knowing how your training's going. Um, but also, I always say this because especially with MMA, it's just so um, so much more prevalent. You could have the best like fight camp, the best training leading up to a jiu-jitsu match or an MMA um, fight, and you could do your worst performance ever, or you could have the worst training ever and the worst camps leading up to something and have your best performance ever. So, um, you know, I don't know. I just, it was just like, felt like a right moment for me for sure. And I just like hopped on the opportunity. That's awesome. And I mean, again, it's always hard to explain this to other people as well because, you know, that momentum, it, it is a tricky beast, but I think I was telling you off air and I don't ever mean to speak badly about anybody, but I was like, yo, I just feel you're in a good place. Like I could feel your momentum and, you know, I'm a compulsive gambler. So when I see people on hot streaks, I'm like, yo, somebody get Amanda. Let's get her on a plane to Vegas right now. She doesn't have to go compete at ADCC. I need her at a table. I need her throwing <laughs> dice for me because she is in a good, good place. So I guess I should ask this in your mind, was there a component because you, you did mention how quickly it came together at the end. Was there a component where you could have seen yourself not going to trials because you have to have that in the back of your head if you're fighting MMA. So how do you think you would have been had you not have gone? Would you have been watching? Would you have gone to see it in person? Or do you have to isolate yourself so much where you're like, I can't even watch it or be around it because my mind will go there? Yeah, um, it's usually like I, I have trouble watching it if I'm not doing it just because I know like I'll get the itch for it. Um, but like I don't know if you knew this, so I can't fight anymore MMA-wise. Um, so I won the contract in February for the PFL to like fight in their like tournament, um, for this season, uh, for like the 145 division. And, um, I was supposed to fight in Vegas in April and a Vegas requires like a ton of medicals. Um, so like one of them was like an MRI of your brain, which I never even heard of an MRI. I had an MRI before my brain. Um, so an MRI looks at the arteries and blood vessels in your um, brain and they found like an aneurysm on an artery so they basically were saying like if this aneurysm was anywhere else in your brain you'd be fine to compete and be fine to fight but because it's on an artery is where lies the issue um so like i had to like pull out of the tournament pull out of um like fighting all together because like the two options would be like they said like i could either go blind or die i got like three different opinions um from like doctors and stuff so, like, that's been very hard for me to take because, like, I almost felt like I lost my identity, like, six months ago, seven months ago. 
because like, you know, I knew I wanted to be an MMA fighter since I was 14 years old, 13 years old. Uh, like ever since I watched Cyborg versus Gina Carano on, in Strike Force. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> and um, so that was like super hard for me to get. Because again, like I just felt like I lost my identity. I was like, I've literally done everything in my life to get to this moment. I just made it here. Like became a professional MMA fighter and it's already just like taken away from me like that. So I was just like devastated, obviously. And then for a while too, I was like, you know, because everyone's like, well, at least you can compete in Jiu-Jitsu. And I'm like, it's not the same, like the stage is so much higher. Like everything's just so different. The training is so much different. Like, I don't know. It's just not the same. So for a while there, I was just like, I'm, I don't even know if I want to compete in jujitsu anymore. Um, I'm like, I was just like, so over everything. Um, so like, this was like an extra special one too, just because like, I, I always will train jujitsu. Like I will never not train jujitsu. It's always been like, I always say like, it was my first love, you know? Cause like, that's what I started with. Um, so you know, like coming into this tournament when I, after saying like I wasn't going to compete ever again, <laughs> it was, um, you know, I felt good to be back. As you should. And I'm so sorry. I did not know that. Um, it's okay. That I'm going to have to yell at my research team and I am my research team. <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of uh, yelling at myself <laughs> off here. So when you said that you get to that point, okay, so I was taking it in the context of you're balancing MMA. So let's say this, now that I know that context, I do want to know this we did mention there's the possibility of you not competing. How did you reconcile saying, I'm, I'm just not gonna compete anymore, even in jujitsu, cause it's not the same. And then coming into ADCC, especially given the fact that you were going through what you were going through, like anybody would, when you feel you're supposed to do something and then health or something changes where you understand, yeah, you probably shouldn't. So how did you come to that decision then to actually do it given that context um so basically it's just like a big support system of people right like i had you know such great training partners um my boyfriend my brother um like just the people i had around me were just watching me train and they're like dude you literally are so on fire right now like you feel great like you should just go and compete um and like partners like eh because I took such a time off away from jujitsu, like specific training for jujitsu, right? Like MMA jujitsu is so different than, you know, just regular com competition jujitsu. Um, so then it came to a thing where I was like, I don't want to, I feel like I'm already, I felt like I was going to be behind if that makes sense. Like, you know, I just took a whole year of training MMA. Um, you know, what have I missed out on? I haven't been like actively competing against regular jujitsu people. So like that part of me was like nervous, anxiety, like what if I just like go out there and like shit the bed because I haven't been training straight jiu-jitsu. Um, but in reality, I think what I learned after competing for this trials was that like MMA mindset really helped me with my jiu-jitsu mindset um, and competing in jiu-jitsu, which was actually really cool to like see, see like benefit it. Don't worry about it. Anybody who anybody who owns animals knows exactly what this is. And I'll be honest with you. My terrors were purposely fed and, and hidden so that they do not do this. However, they are very acutely aware when I am on air. So yeah. I have a French bulldog who will literally knock on the door and be like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm talking with. <laughs> an ADC suit trials winner. I'm talking with a, a fighter, a UFC person, and they're always like, I don't care. I'm a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your attention. And every once in a while, she will literally sit in my lap, but she gets gun shy of the camera. So she's like, don't put me on air, but like pet me. And I go, this is the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world. I want to ask this because I've never been in that situation. I know many have, and it is difficult. What helped you to kind of come back like what helped you to reconcile this reality for your health while also trying to figure out like what it means to you as a person because i would agree you to me seem like somebody who was very much built for mma so as much as i would want you to compete i care more about you actually being a person and living a very healthy and good life so it is disappointing in that respect but for you you're the one that actually has to live with that so what helped you to kind of get out of whatever funk you might have been in? Um, 
honestly just time. Like there was literally nothing. When I tell you, I don't think I've ever been like so down, depressed, like, and it wasn't even just me. Cause like my whole family felt it right. Because, um, you know, my parents, my siblings, my boyfriend, they all see the work I put in. You know what I mean? Like most people don't get to see like, okay, I have to cut weight. I'm dieting on this. Um, you go to parties, family parties, and you know, you can't eat what, what everyone else is eating. Right. Um, you know, you just, you sacrifice so much and most people don't see all the sacrifices you make. So when, um, it got, when I got told the news, you could tell it just like hit my whole family too. Like, which made it even a little worse because, you know, then you're seeing your family upset, like over something about you. And it's just like this whole thing. So I really think it was, it's time. And I, I say time, but I'm also like, I'm still not over it. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll never get over it. Um, and I think it's just something I'm just going to have to like live with, which sounds so terrible, but the time definitely, like, I think I'm like six months, seven months from finding from when I found out that I couldn't fight anymore. And, um, you know, the time just helped lessen it a little bit, but like the PFL posted my fight like a couple weeks ago and I like rewatched my fight on YouTube and I was like crying after I'm like, this is not fair. Like this just sucks so bad. Um, so I would say like, there's like, there's really like nothing I found that really helped me through things. Like I was literally trying everything too. Like I got a bike, I started cycling. Like I'm like trying to find like a new passion. Um, and like, even like trying to, with, within finding new passions did help because I had so much, I always wanted to try and do, but I always had MMA take up all my time, right? Because you're like trying to perfect something. You're trying to get ready for a fight. Um, so you're just so focused on one thing that I was never able to actually just go out and expand my horizons in other ways. And I'm uh, an athletic person. So I always wanted to try cycling. I always wanted to try swimming. Um, so I got to be able to like expand my horizons in a sense. Um, but again, I just don't think there was anything specific besides just time helping me lessen the pain. I would say. I, yeah, I understand. I, on a very small scale, when even, let's say you go to a party and let's say it's uh, something silly, like it's a theme party, like a roller skate party. People will be like, you want to come roller skate? And I was like, I can't train if I do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. What are you, crazy? And they're looking <laughs> at me like, well, you don't fight. You don't do this. And I go, right, but I like training. I need that. Yeah. So even the thought of me doing some clumsy nonsense is like, nope. I did the the math in my head. I could see it. I'm probably going to fall. Yeah. yeah. Not interested. Thank you, though. So I always feel like a party pooper. Um, so I understand when you're like, I got to go do all this other lame stuff. What, windsurfing? Is that cool? So it will never replace it. But what I can say as somebody who has found different things as I've gone along. So sometimes you age out of things or sometimes you're just not doing things. Um, you, you can always find not only some sort of usefulness in what you're doing. So for example, if you look at Big J, if that dude is literally not doing anything but coaching, I, I can't imagine it, but I know what a great competitor and what a great beast he was, but it's like, dude, things worked out where that dude is a commentator, one of the best out there, and just this resource that now we utilize and see him for ADCC. And there's a part of me that wonders, everybody's trajectory takes you different ways. I don't know if like there's a different version, a multiverse version of Big J that became like a multi ADCC champion. And that might be cool for him, but I don't know that he would have the lasting impact that I think he'll have right now because he's touching every facet of jujitsu in a very positive way. And not only that, but I'm, I'm sure you've seen firsthand making sure people get paid, making sure people do things. So I, I think that's just one example of many. But for me, I'm like, oh, well, okay. I immediately, when you said that news, I was like, I don't know. It sounds like there's a really good coach now for somebody. If somebody felt like coaching, not like you have to. Uh, <laughs> but but as an athlete who is also very young, I know you still feel like you haven't even hit your peak as an athlete. So I know there's going to be a reconciliation of trying new things and doing that. So be open to stuff. And uh, if you get more competitive at like darts or something now or pool, I won't blame you 
I will 100% be like, let her work it out. It's what's got to <laughs> happen now. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I know, and see, it's insane because you said Jay, you don't know if he does anything besides coaching. Dude, when he's home, he'll just watch like instructionals, matches, and everything in between. It's literally, <laughs> he's a man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anyone so um, like dedicated to you get to. Uh, you know, people can train hard all they want, but nobody's trained in this, the mind, just like Jay is, that's for sure. No, and you know, it's very funny because I've only gotten to do commentary with him once. And I made it a point to go out of my way to commentate with him because I said, you know, I know what I do. I wonder what we sound like together. And it made me so curious. And normally I do my research. I have notes. I have all this. He handed me a packet with notes. And it was like all the local people and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, well, I, I did that too. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to be open to how this works. I'm not going to come in and, and predict. You just have to let a little bit of improv happen. You have to riff with the person. And I had such a blast. I, I would always do it 100%. But I always tell people, I'm like, he's the East Coast version in a much better way than me. And I'm the West Coast version. And when we get to meet up, I, I always consider it a, a great, great moment. And we have such fleeting moments when we get to see each other. But I, I think the world of him. And I think that he's a very, very good influence. So it makes me very happy to see him doing stuff, like not just judging, but teaching people what they need to know about ADCC. Because I think that's like that hidden gem of trying to translate these rules that sometimes we're like, I don't know, was that out of bounds? <sighs> Listen, uh, it's a point, I think. I don't know. You need somebody like him helping. Uh, 100%. 100%. And no one is, no one knows the rules like he does, that's for sure. Um, yeah, he's got it. He's got it down pat. There was one time, I think, I was in a session with some guys who were looking like they were going to compete at trials. And they were like, do you know what happens if I do this or how do points work here? And I swear to God, I almost wanted to text Jay. And I was like, no, he, he's not responsible for this. He's not a, a help center. Like, <laughs> I, but you know, it's, it's, it's an, almost an abuse of knowing people too well to be like, hey, Jay, had a question. <laughs> and I just thought I was like, you know, what? if it's really important, we'll see it. I go, but uh, I go, how about you guys just try to win and not game the system? And then they laughed really hard. And I go, all right, good. So uh, I should ask this because I do want to get into a whole, all the melee of your actual matches, but we just talked about rules. I guess it fits that we go into this next. I've been asking all the trials winners and a few friends, their thoughts about going off the mats. Where do you feel with it? Where are you on it? Because you are that type of competitor that can do that sort of stuff. But I do wonder what your feelings are just in terms of when you're seeing it and when you're seeing it live or when you're around that? Well, when you're seeing it, it looks so freaking cool. <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> like, um, I don't think anyone will disagree on that. Um, but I'm pretty like, I don't know, I've heard both sides of this argument and I, there's times where I'm like leaning one way, leaning the other way, um, you know, cause like, I feel like when it when those situations occur, it definitely is like a highlight reel, you know, and then it gets more people interested in the sport or whatever. Um, but then, you know, then you have to take into consideration too, like it's concrete and if someone's getting like slammed or something, like you could like end someone's, you know, career or like, you know, they might be out for a whole year or two years from like an injury that could have been easily prevented. Um, so I would probably say I'm going to have to, even though I want to be on the other side, I'm probably going to have to lean towards, like, I think we need to protect the athletes a little better. Um, just because, again, like, once you get an injury, um, it could just be, like, a career ender or, you know, just put you out for an extended period of time that's not necessary. Yeah. I'm, listen, I hear you. I'm, I'm just trying to mitigate some content here in terms of, Hey, I think we should probably be talking about this because I think there's an inherent want to see the clip and the clips do business. So that's part of the reason why I think it's happening. But there's also the concern of, so they're not superheroes. When you hit concrete, it still hurts like a person. 
it's just, it's a heightened sense of adrenaline that you might not even feel in the moment. So yeah, you might get caught up in it because you want that prize. You want to compete. You want to win. So my heart is always, I, I don't know. I don't want anybody to get hurt from this in a, in a bad way. But at the same point, all of the worst culprits are friends of the show. So every single one of the goons who was behind it, I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, listen, I'm going to play the rule set. Like, if we're allowed to do this, <laughs> we're, we're doing it. <laughs> but I, I'm say I love it. <laughs> oh, no, I, listen, there's a reason I phrased that question to you like that. Is I was like, oh, no, I would bet on you if we're going off the mats. I, I have good feelings about your your safety, I think. I think it's what happens to other people that sometimes you don't always control. And, you know, I just, I was talking with another coach who's very, very good, but he coaches more on the MMA side, doesn't really coach uh, as much on grappling per se. And I was like, you know, there are people who are building that into their strategies now. And he's like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And I go, yeah, because you're trying to win in the center you're trying to win with the perimeter now i think people are seeing it and it opens the door so there are people who are going to build that into plan now so before i used to just tell some of my guys i would just be like yo have a contingency plan like be prepared it could go like this now it's a hey it's probably gonna go off like you really gotta be prepared like in not just a contingency way like an actual like we have to learn better angles if you don't want to be out there. And if you want to be out there, I don't know that I'm the coach for that. I don't know that I'm as smart. I can tell you how to keep things here and maybe keep you safe. But uh, that sounds like we need to start enlisting some parkour uh, uh, coaches and whatnot at this point. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into your actual match-by-match -match, uh, sort of moments. But before we do, I was like, context... So you jumped into it two and a half weeks out. Let's talk about two days beforehand. Uh, what does it feel like? Uh, weight's good. And what does it feel like now, just from your perspective, to see two other weight classes now? Or I'm sorry, one other weight class for the women. Did it feel good? Did you see other women like happy about this? Were they encouraged by it? Just from your perspective, what did it look like to have that new addition on the women's side? Um, I think it's awesome. I'll never say that like adding another weight class isn't like great for us, right? Um, but I also feel like I hear a lot of girls saying like the 115 is too light. Mm. Um, and like people like, I feel like people that are like around like 155, 165, right? Like I feel like those people are kind of the ones that get screwed just because like you'll have to go against someone who's like Gabby, who's like, you know, 200. 50 plus pounds um so like the girls that are 155 160 like they would have to drop down to 143 which kind of sucks um so i still think we need more weight classes um but i think it's great that we added another weight class um and then i think it just uh, opens up a lot of more people especially in that division just because i think that division is going to be like insane for women in the actual ADCC worlds, right? Because you have like so many like awesome competitors for the women in that division. So it'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, who ends up taking the third for that one in uh, August. Yeah, I'm I'm very encouraged, uh, just in the sense that it, it is a step closer. So it was making me happy to see. I think, just from the outside perspective. It looked like women were a little bit happier that they kind of had a better weight class for them in terms of like at least strategy because nobody thinks like, oh, I get this weight class, I win. It's a, hey, at least I got a, what I consider a more fair shot. And that's really what you want. You don't want those advantages. You just want to be like, hey, how do I make this work? So that way I can really find out, am I this level? Am I this level? So to me, it was, I saw a little bit more life in that category, which made me happy because, again, it's not the automatic bid to the dance, but it is like, all right, cool. Now you're seeing more women compete in that. So that made me like super stoked uh, from our side. So day before 
you get there, weigh-ins. Do you do the day before weigh-ins? Do you do them day of? How does that work for you in terms of both travel and, and making sure that you are ready to compete? So um, it, was in, it was in Atlantic City and I'm in Philadelphia, so it was only an hour drive. Um, so like I didn't even have to be there um, on Saturday because um, I had to buy my first round. So I was already in round 16 because they did to round 16 on Saturday for the women and then um, did the rest on Sunday. So I only had to show up Sunday. So I was like, kind of part of me was like, damn, I wish I would have had at least one match on Saturday just to get like, you know, the the little shakeout. I think you get the, like the experience of being out there on the mat, you know, it's almost like breaking the ice. Um, but I mean, getting there Sunday and then like getting to perform and just doing all four matches was pretty awesome too. So I mean, you know, it's very funny. I think most people don't complain about the idea of having a day off. Like everybody thinks it's good to get the buy until they're like, wait, I don't have a match that day. Yeah. Uh, uh, I kind of want a match. And they're yeah. like, well, what do you want? Do you want the buy or do you want the, it's like, ah, both. Can I have one match <laughs> just on the Saturday just to feel good? And then, you know, I'm warm. I'm good. So yeah. I've, I've heard that a few times and, uh, it never gets easier for me to understand because I'm always like, I, I legitimately don't know what I want. I feel like somebody has to decide for me just because I'm <laughs> like, just figure out when I'm competing and tell me at what time. Because yeah. if I think yeah. about it, I'm going to overthink. Because sometimes I've gotten a buy and I'm like, all right, cool. So you think they're going to be wrestling? I was like, no, now they're all like tornadoed out. Like now they're ready to go. And I got to go do five laps around to feel just average. So yeah, yeah I get it. All right. Well, part of it's too. I'm like, Oh, I don't get one, like, I don't have another round. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like I'm, like, slacking in a way. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's not that weird. And, I mean, honestly, I think we've discovered that over time, you're also a person that if the culture is starting to show up, and maybe you're seeing a lot of videos of competition, of, of grappling, even if you're not there in person per se, you know something's going on. So there's an anticipation of fear missing out that you're kind of having where you go... How did that one person do? <laughs> are they in my are they in my bracket? How are they over there? Okay, okay, I see you. So I, I think there's a lot that's happening. And plus, even from the non-competitor side, when I'm watching it, you do get caught up in everything. Like, it's very easy to have a moment because it's utter chaos of everything going on. Eight mats all at once. So I'm sure much like you, we all have friends who are competing that you're like, did they compete? Did I miss it? shit okay how'd they do did they win not so good moving on all right so yeah. you get a lot of, like i don't even have time to think i'm just in the process of reacting to 20 different things at once yeah, so for sure. uh so you did go the sunday you weren't there the saturday though right yeah. so it's a one day travel there go and that is the the approach for that that is so unusual for so many other athletes in this world because they're doing that Friday, Saturday grind. So that by, I think Sunday happening, anytime you see tears on those mats, I think it's because of that like cooped up process of like, I'm so happy, but I'm so tired and yeah. so hungry. So <laughs> I think I see most of those things happening. So I love the fact that, yeah, you make it to that round of 16, you're there, you start the day off. What does Sunday feel like for you in terms of your very first match? And uh, let's, well, I guess we should say this. Were you paying attention at all on the day before or do you just show up on Saturday as well? Um, no, I really wasn't paying attention the day before. Like, not to my division. Like, I kind of just woke up, looked at, like, the bracket for the day for me. Because, um, like, I don't like to, like, get into, like, the whole thing of, like, everyone else's brackets. Like, I'll check in on my friends. Like, oh, how'd you guys do? Or, you know, whatever. But um, for the most part, I just, like, if so if I had if if this was anywhere else I probably would have been there Friday and Saturday right but because I just had the convenience of being um, only an hour away from Atlantic City I was like definitely just like keep my distance and you know go when I have to go. Yeah, that, uh, again, that's such a a wonderful thing to have because I just uh, when I see that happening because people don't live there. They're flying all over. You get these travel stories, all this sort of stuff. I love that if you have the advantage, take it. Because I know out here on the West Coast, we kind of get a little spoiled when it's uh, West Coast trials because the weather's usually pretty good. And 
you know, traffic, <laughs> traffic, that's our maybe one detriment. But like yeah. for the most part, if people get here the day before, they'll be fine. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's a mental grind. So to just kind of show up, it's, it's definitely very nice. All right. So let's talk about your very first match. Uh, you start the day off. What time are you kind of competing at? And like, how are you feeling? Because now you're kind of immersed in it. And again, you like to say that day one is chaos, but the first half of day two is also still chaos. Yeah, so I I got there like around nine, um, and then you know it was actually cool because like you could feel the energy of everybody, right? Like the matches are going on. Um, I'm walking around and I'm like, you know, especially because the jiu-jitsu community is like so big but so small in a way. So like I know so many people because you train with so many people. Um, so I'm like saying hi to everybody. I'm like walking by, oh hey hey whatever. Um, so like it puts you in like a good mood because you're seeing people. Um, again, just like the energy of the place felt great. Uh, and then too like Atlantic City, like it can be a dump hole, but like the hotels are really nice. So like where it was at, it was a really nice, um, you know, like resort. So um, I just felt like energy wise, like really good. Um, I just like felt like there was a lot of good vibes going on. And again, like the whole like bustle and craziness of like the first day, it was kind of like motivating to me. Um, you know, because it just, like, felt good to see everybody on the mat and, like, everybody getting after it because I feel like ADCC in general is just so much more, um, can be so much more aggressive. Like, the rules just, you know, are just, like, made for, like, people to just go. So, uh, the scrambles are crazy and, you know, again, like, even, like, the little action shots we see when people go off the mat, like, you know, I remember, like, turning the corner and there's, like, a match in front of me that's completely off the mat and, like, everyone's like, ah, <laughs> going around. So, it's cool. Um. <laughs> So I felt great going on to my first match. Um, I can't say uh, anything otherwise, but yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you were also feeling what I'm feeling now because I feel there is an element of, I think Alex Enriquez was saying this. She mentioned, she was like, oh, I'm super into people going off the mats. And I go, okay. She goes, mm -hmm. but I also have shields in front of me. So I made very clear delineations to put someone big in front of me. It's just like, hey, you stay here. <laughs> no, babe, no reason. Just you're good where you are. I'm going to hang out right here and eat food. I go, yeah, I guess you really have to think about the audience participation element of this. Like if you're just yeah. sitting there eating and going, oh, no, mm, hold on. I got I to gotta get out of the way. Like it could be very, very, uh, very detrimental. But again, now we're going to start off first match. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, I have the, of course, result here. It was a pretty good start to your day. So do you mind walking me through that very first match and, and how it went? Um, so I saw the shoes from 10th Planet. So I was like, oh, I'm like, I just have to, you know, because of leg locks, because um, I got like never under underestimate anybody, you know. Um, so um, I knew I wanted to wrestle. I love wrestling. Um, so, you know, I went in there, got a good double leg. Um, was able to stay heavy on top, um, ended up passing the guard, and then, like, ADCC rule said, um, almost, like, encourages turtling, right, to get prevented from being scored on. Um, so, you know, people, like, turtle up, and, like, my, my big thing's back takes. So, um, you know, when she turtled up, I was able to, you know, snatch the back and uh, get the rear naked choke. Um, and I felt, like, super strong. Um, I felt like it was just, like, a good, like, warm-up mat, like, Warm up match, like feeling good to get out there again after not competing for like a year in jiu jitsu. Um, and yeah, it just felt felt so solid. Like, I after that one, I was really pumped to go on to my next match. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, you know, I heard what you were saying earlier about wanting to get one in and, and get a match on that Saturday if you could, because you kind of feel like, oh, I'm a little out of place. You didn't look out of place. So that's why it's funny. Like I have this juxtaposition. I go, I know what we're going to talk about next, but you didn't seem out of place. It looked like your first match in the round of 16 was your warm up match to me at least. And I go, oh, okay. So I think I caught like the tail end of it. And I couldn't, you know, we have eight screens going up. And so when I think they announced you were up, I think before I even said, I was like, oh, Amanda's on this mat. Oh, Amanda's off that mat. Okay. That match <laughs> is over. I think. Can someone double check that result? So I didn't even really get a chance to absorb uh, that first round, but I go, all right, well, good business is going on. So that's really, really good. Let's move to your second match. Your second match, you know, similar kind of speed in terms of a finish, but talk me through how that match went for you. 
Um, so that girl, she's been winning a lot, like in our, in my area uh, where I'm from. So she does a lot of finishers and stuff, and she's been like pretty dominant on the scene. So again, just wasn't underestimating her. Um, I know the school she came from. Um, they had they always produce like really great grapplers. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was just like again, just not underestimating her. Um, I knew she was probably going to sit guard on me, so I just in my head I was like, all right, I'm not even giving her a chance to set anything up. Once she sat guard, I would just grab like literally threw her legs up, pass the guard. Um, and I was able to get mount, um, got a gift wrap. Um, and then I was, she was like definitely trying not to give me her back. Um, like she, <laughs> like her coach even was like, you know what she's going to do? You know what she's going to do? Um, so I was like just keeping on top pressure with the, um, the gift wrap because I knew eventually like, you know, time was on my side here. Like I, we were only like not maybe like a minute in now. Um, so I was just like trying to learn how to like, you know, relax again. Like, again, I have, I have time. I don't have to like jump for anything crazy. Um, so I was just like riding her out. She ended up giving me her back and I was able to finish down with like a belly down, renegade choke. Um, and like, yeah, she like, even though just bellying down, I knew I had her right away. Okay. Now, as opposed to that previous match, I for sure saw this one and I have this reaction when I see you usually get the bag, which is, uh-oh, yeah, we're, we're kind of done here. It's that belly down version that, like, I go, I I hope she taps very quickly. Like, yeah. that does not look fun, and you, you're just so good at getting that. Where do you attribute your back attacks to? Like, how were you able to finesse that, and, and how much time did you spend to kind of get that sort of technique down because it is paid off in dividends in the amount of time you put in. Um, so basically when I was a teenager, I went to, um, this one gym who had a really great brown belt who was great at back takes. He was a smaller guy. Um, so his just like back take game was like always what he tried for. Um, and I would do private lessons with him and he would just drill back takes into me, like literally back take after back take controlling the back, how to, maintain the back um so just like that was always my game since a teenager because i got so good at it just from doing like so many repetitions of it um that it just always stuck for me like i have such a feel for how to take people's back sometimes it's like insane like you know um like i, I can know instantly if i'm gonna have someone's back or not or like if a little position is off or like just like my awareness in the back is really insane um and then the belly down stuff, I didn't start doing that until I started doing MMA. Um, and, you know, like, that's just, belly down, like, for control is just so vicious, especially, like, when you can throw punches. Um, so, literally, I just started doing belly down back take stuff probably, like, within this last year. Um, I never really did any of them before. And, like, now I just feel like it works so well um, in jujitsu that I'm, like, it's such a strong control and it sucks when you're under there. So I'm like, <laughs> I just try it all the time now. I laugh because there was a buck 50 or buck 40, somewhere in there. Anybody below 150 as a dude is the same weight to me. So it, it's always impressive. I'm like, oh, you're a buck 20. Okay, cool. But this dude, about a buck 50 or so, he fights MMA and he's rolling with me and it's our first time rolling. And I could tell he's, he's being nice. And then all of a sudden he gets my back and he starts apologizing. He's like, I'm so sorry. Um, it's about to get bad. I was like, I've seen you. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> and so he immediately starts putting on that pressure. And I just remember looking at him and being like, it doesn't matter how big or small you are. It's just, that's a really bad position. If somebody's koaling on your back, you have no resource to get out of it. I was like, you do stupid things if you're going to get out of it and it's not great. Yeah. And I go, that's why it's such a important lesson. I think for anybody fighting MMA is like, that should be the go-to because if you fail on the back, you're going right back to mount. Yeah. <laughs> so that never ending chain is going to ca catch up with you unless you're doing something significant. Um, so yeah, that, that's a brilliant thing to do. So woo, yeah, I saw that and I was very, very pleased. All right, we go to now, I believe your third match and uh, this is a very solid match as well. Now things, I don't want to say they're they're less crazy, but for us as a home audience, we're able to watch them a little bit better once we get to this point. Because up until there, uh, I feel like it's kind of that 
clockwork orange everybody's just like you have tvs and they're just all at you but this is the ones where you kind of get to finesse and watch and this was a solid match so talk us through uh what is your semi-final match if you would please after semi um semi-final match was against Brittany elkins um and i've trained with her before she's such a great person um literally so friendly uh and it's funny too because when i saw her and my other friend Laura, that like they're in, they were in my division. I'm like, damn, look at how they don't have to go against any friends. Like it's never fun when you have to go against friends. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've trained with Brittany a couple times, um, especially because she was an MMA fighter too. So um, who was also in the PFL. So um, I know Brittany very well. I know she's super strong. Um, and going into that one, I just knew that um, I would just. Either we have to be, uh, you know, a little bit quicker or just in general, like just trying to out cardio her. Um, so we were wrestling on our feet for a little bit. I just made sure that I was coming forward at all times. Um, you know, I want to keep the pressure going. And I think that's like another thing I learned from MMA is just like keeping constant pressure on people. So um, uh, I eventually got the single leg on her. And then we ended up in like kind of like a butterfly guard. Um, and I was able to, you know, smash pass with the butterfly guard, uh, get to side control where she also turtled, where I was able to get her back and then finish with a rear naked choke. Okay. This is why I was asking about the back takes before we got to this match, because the time that ellipsed between her moving and you having her back it looked like there was zero seconds in between the fact of you passing to take her back. And I just thought, I was like, I don't know if anybody in ADCC had that kind of a smooth of a transition. There were great ones, obviously, a lot of good ones. But I was just so like flabbergasted where I go, I, she didn't even have to finish passing. Like, and it was, it was a beautiful recognition of moment because you could see that she was trying to get to that turtle and she didn't even have a second. You were already on it. And I thought, what a what a great repositioning of your body because you could sense it's coming. You know it's there. And, and the timing just works so, so well. And I just remembered, I think I went to go drill it. And I swear to God that next week, there was even like one of my blue belts that I'm working with. I was just like, yeah, it doesn't look this clean. Like I, I like literally have to come up with old people tricks to like hold them and make sure that I can get the back. And I was yeah. like, hey, can I just drill this a couple times? I want to see if I'm passing, how quickly I can get uh, your, your back from here. They're like, sure. So they're trying to move out of it. And I go, it still took me like 20 seconds, like 17 seconds. And I got <laughs> down, down, down. But um, it was very impressive. So uh, I would say this, though. When that happens and it is a friend, what is exchanged between you and her afterwards? Because uh, I don't know her personally, but I, I've obviously seen her work and I think as you mentioned, she seems very, very nice. So uh, I'm sure it's kind of one of those like, eh, you want, do you want to get coffee later? Like, what, what can we do here? Like, how does that interaction go afterwards? No, heck yeah. Like she was, you know, uh, you know, pumped for me to move on to the next round. Uh, like we knew there was no, there wasn't going to be hard feelings even before we went on the match. Uh, you know, we gave each other a hug and stuff. We're like, you know, let's do it, dude. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, she's just super cool, and I'm I'm really lucky to have her as like a friend and um, to have trained with her and everything like that. But yeah, it just you know she was like just take it all the way. So and that's what I did. <laughs> well, you definitely did that. So you made good on the the promise to her. And again, I I love seeing those moments from the outside because I just go like yeah, it is kind of weird. Everybody gets stuffed into their divisions, but it just looks so cool. So all right. Uh, let's get to this final. Obviously, the day is going well. You know things are going very well. You have to feel like you're on one of those heaters, one of those moments where you just got one more match and you're going to close it out. And it goes well, but what's going through your mind before you actually go into this final? Uh, so this is where I actually started feeling like the pressure. Because I was like, oh, now, now I'm here. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you know, the lights, the walkout song and everything like that. Um, uh, so, you know, again, I was still excited, but, you know, just a little bit more nervous than um, the previous matches. And, uh, you know, it's just like always a lot more pressure, I guess, when you when they add all the production stuff into it. Um, 
And then, you know, too, like, then you're, like, the only match going on, right? So, you know, everyone's watching your match. Uh, so it just adds a little bit more of the pressure. Uh, but you guess you can either fold under the pressure or rise to the occasion, which I always try to rise to the occasion. Um, and, you know, I just knew that Bridget was, again, I trained with her before, too. Um, and I've actually competed against her before as well. Um so I knew she's been killing the Opens, the EDCC Opens. Um, I think she's been, like, gold medaling in them a lot. So, um, you know, I was just keeping that in the back of my mind. Again, I just knew I had to be the aggressor, uh, make sure I was coming forward. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it went smooth. Like, you know, the walkout song got me pumped up because I did uh, You're the Best Around, like, like the Karate Kid movie. Um, and I was, like, unsure of what walkout song I wanted originally. And I was like, oh, I'll come back, you know, to give you my walkout song to, like, tell them. And then I'm walking away, and my boyfriend and my brother were like, what song are you going to pick? I was like, I don't know. I was thinking, like, you're the best around. My brother was like, dude, I was literally just thinking that song. I'm like, oh, I got to go with it then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I went back and told the table. So, you know, again, just, you know, feeling the energy of the crowd is always great, too, because, you know, when when the energy of the crowd is awesome, it makes me want to compete better. and I think we saw that at ABCC Worlds, you know, the last one, just because, like, it was, like, in a full arena and everything, and the crowd was so into it, and all the matches were, like, insanely great. So, again, just, like, felt the energy of the crowd, went out there, she pulled guard. Uh, you, so, you get a negative, you pull guard in the finals. So, she did, like, a half-assed takedown and then sat into a guard, I think, because I didn't feel like a strong takedown. Um, so, I was able to just, like, smash right through uh, – you know, the guard as she was kind of sitting down, like transitioning to the sit. Um, and then I was able to get side control. And again, just her turning, turtling to give me her back. And I just was able to finish with the, that uh, belly down back take. Um, I felt a little high when I was riding the back for like a second. Um, but I knew she wasn't moving that much. So I knew I was pretty much fine. To, and I would, I would be able to settle my weight back eventually. Um so, yeah, I was just able to finish the Renick chick. I want to point out a few things. I think we had a panel <clears throat> on during uh, the final that remarked with the following. So I think somebody mentioned, because I don't know that I had the, the volume up. We can't really play the volume. Sometimes it picks up and people are like, that's our footage. And it's like, we're not showing anything. <laughs> but we do the best that we can to make sure we're not showing or hearing anything from the show. But I think somebody in our panel might have said that you came out to that song. And I said, oh, and then I think somebody else said they're like, well, I'm going for her now. Like, I like that that was also a deciding factor for people to be like, well, that settles it. Yep. Got to go for her. So walkout songs are very, very important. And I got to be honest, that's a fucking kick ass song. If you're going to go out to Uh, I, I make our guys routinely say it because. I go, hey, what walkout song would you ever want if you did this? Because inevitably, somebody asks you what a walkout song is, and the guys aren't prepared. And I've seen so many times they're like, I don't, dude, what should I have as my walkout song? I was like, you need to be prepared. You need to have a list. You need to yeah. have backups. I was like, I don't even compete on your level. I have lists. I have the songs I'm going out to because I won't be thinking about that when I'm like, oh, I should probably go try and win this. Instead, <laughs> yeah. my production brain will spend more time being like, now I want the remix to this song though. I don't want the regular song. It's got to be the remix. Okay, yeah. I'll spend way too much time obsessing over that. Yeah, I, I want to bring this up too because it felt good, I'm sure, to get all submission wins. But given now that we know the context of what you've been going through, we know the context of what this ADCC meant. I'd like to know what did it feel like to have a perfect submission rate though? Because it's one thing to go out there and want to perform well, but did that help to kind of solidify like, yeah, you not only made a great choice to do it, but that even given your health concerns for MMA, jujitsu is still a wonderful home for you. I uh, yeah, it felt really great. Um, it made me feel like I really didn't miss too much over the last year. Um, and again, like I just said, like, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, I think, is such a good fit for ADCC rule sets. Um, so uh, I think going forward, I just think, like, anything that's going to be, like, ADCC rule set is going to be kind of, like, my rule set because um, I feel so comfortable with it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the perfect submission rate, I couldn't ask for a better run, and it did really feel like, I'm like, okay, like, this is still a home for me here, um, even though, like, what I originally wanted to do isn't going to be the plan. Um, this is still just, like, a good place to be and a good home to have in, uh, in the jiu-jitsu world. Having said that, with your doctors, are they still in this, this mode of, like, you can compete in jiu-jitsu because, in my brain... I want to make sure that you still are able to do this. It's a health thing and that you're going to be good. So did they have any advisories for that or was it just a, no, it's clearly more of an MMA thing. Um, so it was basically just an MMA thing. Uh, they just don't want trauma to the head. So they were like, if you're grappling and you're not getting punched in the head or kicked in the head, you should be perfectly fine. I was like, all right, cool. Cause I need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. I have a couple friends, uh, who, fight MMA who I drag into doing jiu-jitsu rounds on occasion and they always do this to me inevitably let's say they don't submit me or whatever they immediately start getting into dude why do you even do this it's so lame and I go it's a quarter of what you have to do in MMA you should probably still do this they're like it's just well, it's got, not the I same I got into the mindset too, and I was doing MMA. I'm like, dude, why do people do jujitsu? This is not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I tell them, I go, I'm not carrying myself any differently to be like, oh, you know, I'm so good. I'm like, you literally are trying to tell me things that it's lame or this, where I'm not the one talking shit to you. You're just the one that's like, yeah, it's, just, it's not the same. And I go, okay, well, what are you missing? They go, honestly, man. Like getting punched in the head. I go, see, I don't. That's why I don't do that. I'm, I'm yeah. good doing this. This is the science for me. I like this stuff. And they're just like, yeah, I just don't see how you like it. And then all of a sudden, they'll hit something. And I always record my sessions. So I have like a video camera. And I'll like kind of scan through. And I'll see him hit a submission on somebody else, not me. And I'll literally stop on the video. And I go, what's this smile on your face? And they go, uh, and I go, look, look, you like the jujitsu part. You're being a dork. You're like the rest of us. You're no better than us. So, yeah, yeah it, it happens. Satisfying. You can, submissions are always satisfying too. So, it always makes it better when you win with the submission for sure. Yeah. I don't think this is your case though, but I do like to shit talk my guys and tell them, I was like, you'd like jujitsu better if you submitted more people. Yes. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I get it. You're just complaining that it's hard. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I totally understand. So, having said that, again, let's get this out of the air. You don't get the bid to the big dance, but are we going to be seeing you compete at West Coast Trials? I'm still undecided. We'll see. Again, it's just like I really want to go to ABCC and stuff, but um, we'll just see how everything plays out. I don't want to like, you know, too, it's just like I know, like, I was so sad, like, oh, I'm going to be fighting MMA, and then like you get injured, and I'm just like, so I don't want to say anything yet. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to maybe. You, you listen, uh, you, you're not going to get pressed for a re like a full answer from me on this because you need to do what's best for you. And yeah. I just will tell you this. Even if you told me one thing on this show, there's no way in hell I would ever allow anybody to give you shit for doing the other thing. I'd be like, <laughs> you know, what? it's not quite the same situation. Yeah. Um, for me, I think you you probably need time to assess and figure out what you want to do, but you should know, and I'm sure you already feel it because again, perfect submission rate is usually very helpful for making you think this, but you, you do have a home here. It does make sense for you and we do enjoy watching you. So do what's best for you, whether it's health-wise, mental-wise, whatever you need. It's just to the rest of us who are watching you, uh, there's no question that you are not only in a good place to compete there, but that you could surprise some people, make history again, you know, no big deal, whatever. Thank you. <laughs> just, I'm not in charge here of anything. I'm just the guy who <laughs> likes to say what I see. And uh, yeah, you're, you're very much a welcome presence. So if, if we don't see you at ADCC West Coast Trials, you will be missed, but I know that you'll be somewhere uh, hiking, complaining, uh, saying how this sucks a lot worse than everything else, but still trying to find whatever it is you're supposed to be doing outside of that. So I, I, I do get that. Thank you. I appreciate that. What I would like to do 
is I would like to go ahead and give you an opportunity. I'm going to put the camera on you and I want to give you a moment to go and shout out any of your, your family members, your teammates, your sponsors, whoever helped you get ready for that last tournament performance because uh, you mentioned you already have a great support system and there's nothing that I'm sure made them feel happier than to see you come back and do it all over again. So camera is on you. Feel free to shout out anything and anybody you'd like to. Sounds good. Uh, so I just want to shout out to my boyfriend and my brother. Um, you know, it's just really great when you get to share you get to with like people that, you know, you love and um, you care about. Um, and like, it's always fun to go to train with them. Like even our car rides just going to training is so much fun. So, you know, I want to send a special thank you to them, um, to the people at Precision. Um, you know, they're such awesome training partners, Rob Shire, Dylan Royce. Um, and then, uh, give a shout out to like my parents, you know, they're always so supportive. Um, even my sister, um, and my mom and my sister don't understand like the jiu-jitsu MMA fighting lifestyle. But, you know, they're always willing to, uh, you know, back me 100% on whatever I want to do. Um, and, you know, especially my MMA team. So I came from Mar Mar Marquez MMA. And, um, you know, I feel like they just put, like, a dog in me. Like, it's just different. You know, it's different training. It's harder. Um, so, like, they really just made me a tougher person. And I think it just translated very well for MMA. Um, and then, of course, give a shout-out to Jay Regalbuto because he's always so supportive and, you know, he's always in my corner, so I can't, you know, thank him enough either. That's what's up. I'm so glad that <clears throat> what's going to happen now is this is how I know he'll have watched the entire video. I'm going to get a note from him because <laughs> every time there's somebody who comes on the show that I know he knows and he watches, he sends me a note, and I'm always like, you don't have to thank me. You don't have to thank if anything, just say hi. You know what I mean? But he's like, thank you, brother. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the word's out on Amanda. I didn't do anything. People know she's good. We just wanted to chat and talk and give due props. But I want to say this to you, which is um, I want to commend you for not only your performance, but for whatever you're figuring out as you're going. Again, can't emphasize it enough. It is always weird whenever you get like these new little blockades or challenges but I do love the fact that you came back, you showed what you wanted to do here in jiu-jitsu, and I don't think you're necessarily going anywhere in jiu-jitsu, but pick and choose what you want to do now. Choice is all yours, and I think that's kind of empowering to know, yeah, all right, if I do go, I'm probably going to do pretty well. So if that's the case, anytime we get to see you, I think people should be very appreciative that we get those moments to get to see you compete because, again, it's always great. We want our athletes to stay healthy. We want them to be good. And uh, again, it's always great to see you succeeding and doing great things. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for bringing me on and, you know, bringing such awareness to the sport. You're, you're killing it on the podcast game. So, um, I, you know, I appreciate it and I appreciate all the kind words. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So I'll say bye to you off air. I'm just going to close it off. But my thanks to you and congratulations again. And we hope to see you over at West Coast Trials. And uh, we'll be definitely paying attention to see if two weeks uh, beforehand, you give a scare to your division again when you're like, ah, you know, I was going to do it. All right, I'm back in. So uh, they can sweat for a little bit, maybe that you're not doing it, but then who knows? Who knows? We'll see in a couple months. For sure. Thank you. No problem. All right, guys. Well, just a couple quick reminders before we close on out here. First and foremost, if you want to support the show, go on over to high.page backslash grappling hour, become a member, five bucks a month, see these interviews 30 days before anybody else, and for a few extra dollars, you can see extra segments, tape studies, bonus episodes. Uh, what is the other one? Roasting my competition footage, lots of extra goodies. And especially in this Christmas season, I'm kind of in a giving mood. So as we approach the Christmas and holiday season, I'll be putting on some nonsense in there. So that's my thanks to the people who really support this show. You can also like, comment, subscribe. And if you want to leave a comment in here, you should tell us what your walkout song is. We just harped on that. I just want to make sure everybody has a plan. So if you have a walkout song in the comment section, if you made it that far in, tell us what your walkout song is. Because if you don't have it, one day somebody's going to ask you. And guess who's going to be right there laughing at your face when you don't have one? Don't say I didn't warn you. Last thing, join our Discord to continue the conversations that we have here on this show. Ladies and gents, that's going to do it for us. It's been a great day for grappling. 
We'll see you back on the mats. Perfect. Perfect.